In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thanksgiving is not a church holiday, but it's perfectly fitting to celebrate it, even in church. If we don't give thanks, who will? And we can have church whenever we want to. Besides this, the kind of nation that makes no such gesture to encourage its citizens to thank God for all the prosperity and protection God has afforded it is a nation that had better soon repent or be destroyed. Surely this is in part why the Soviet Union fell. Who was thanking God for all the blessings he showered upon them? So few. But God heard the few who were thanking him even in the midst of persecution and praying for his blessing, even there, God bestowed good things. Now granted, whatever blessings his Christians requested were no doubt despite and not through their atheistic and tyrannical despots. Those who were thanking God for his goodness also happened to be the same ones asking God to liberate them from such wicked rulers. And see what wonderful things still happened that were still worth thanking God for. God blessed them with sunshine, rain, harvest, and the birth of children, and the gospel. It couldn't even then be silenced. Even in the worst of circumstances, there is much to thank God for. Christians know this. God continues to bless our nation too, not because of anyone's wisdom or clever planning or because of some freedom people in charge still deign to allow? No. But because of his fatherly goodness and love and in response to our prayers. So we do well together this evening because God is pleased to hear us and to teach us and to receive our praises. If we don't thank God, who will? Who even can? Being told to give thanks doesn't make anyone thankful. Children must be taught to be polite, to be sure, but only God can actually fill their hearts with sincere gratitude. Thanksgiving begins in humility, not outward obedience. Gratitude flows from the heart that is filled. It cannot be coerced, but neither can ingratitude be coerced. Or to say it in a different way, neither can a thankful heart be silenced. There are things that can neither be forced nor suppressed. The oppressed person who knows who loves him has much to thank God for, despite the malice of his oppressors. So just as we would disobey any communist tyrant who tries to forbid us from thanking God for the things his regime can't quite manage to steal from us, we're still going to thank God, right? So also, following the same principle, we don't need our leaders in the USA to tell us to thank God. No matter how Christian-y or monotheistic-y or patriotic they may sound. It's good that they encourage gratitude, yes, but we don't actually need to be told or to be given a federal holiday, do we? We pray every Sunday as we'll pray this evening, that it is truly meet, right, and salutary that we should at all times and in all places give thanks to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. 
While a nation that doesn't devote a day of thanksgiving is an evil nation, no doubt. Yet the reason we thank God is not because Abraham Lincoln or Dwight Eisenhower told us to. The reason we thank God is because we know God is the giver of all good. We know him. We know his son as our savior and the source of God's good favor and kindness. It is God who tells us to thank him. And we offer our thanksgiving freely and with joy because he gives us everything we have freely and with joy. God has given us a lot. Even with gas at nearly 350 a gallon, we remain the wealthiest people the world has ever hosted. That's an interesting way of putting that. Hosted. But that's how people see it. Never mind God. The earth itself is our provider. We are guests and the earth is our host. We are our own provider. And are indebted to Mother Gaia or something like that. People have sugar and linen and electronics coming out of their ears. And they take it all for granted and show no sense of appreciation. They just depend on on a highly manipulated creation rather than the highly generous creator. And what harm they do the earth too, the pollution and waste and exploitation are unreal. And you don't have to be a lefty to see it and be bothered by it. It's sin. The world's full of it. And those whose hearts are not filled with any humility act the part of spoiled and entitled pleasure seekers who don't know how to count their blessings. What a problem. For any nation, it must be addressed. So what's the solution? When people become thankless materialists, they tend to look at each other as a means to their own pleasure. Sin increases, crime becomes more heartless, poverty seems more severe when it's still seen at all because how little the poor have makes the rich feel all the guiltier for being rich if they have anything left of a conscience. Or else the rich just keep oppressing the poor and nothing beneath call her mother and nothing above call him father seems to put anything right. There must be a solution to this ingratitude that wreaks such havoc on a civilization. Well, here's an idea. How about we encourage gratitude? Brilliant. We have everything we need and more, but as the old song said about what the world needs now being love, sweet love, so now the experts have determined that to solve the moral and spiritual evil of our day, what's needed is to encourage people to manufacture yet another precious treasure to add to our gratuitous excess of everything else. More gratitude. What's well, amazing and almost funny Thanksgiving Day didn't do the trick anymore, I guess. When people were encouraged to give thanks to God, the problem of sin didn't go away. No matter how much people were told to be thankful to God, no matter how much pressure there was to take off work, visit family, count the little things, and indulge in food and football, people didn't get any better or more decent. They just stayed sinners. They kept hurting each other, and all the problems that sin caused remain unfixed. I don't know how I even discovered it, but on my birthday this last fall, I found out that ever since 1965, before I was born, 
Every September 21st is World Gratitude Day. Why? What was wrong with Thanksgiving? You could have guessed that this newfangled holiday might have been invented by the United Nations, and you'd be right, seeking to bind different countries to each other in some way. It was concocted by some guy who, hear this, was a world-renowned meditation expert. What in the world is a meditation expert? St. Paul tells us to meditate on all that is holy and good and virtuous, and he tells us to do so by submitting everything we think about to the Word of God and learning from God, who tells us what is good. So you can kind of figure out what some scriptureless meditation expert might be. The point is that it's par for the course for how gratitude is understood by those who don't know how to thank God. They have no access to God. They have no answer for sin. They see its increase and treat the pain and sorrow sin causes like they treat any other material or geopolitical problem. They need to increase this and twist that and decrease that until the problem goes away. There's some pill for that. There's some program for that. There's some funding for that. And so, throw more gratitude at the problem and maybe we'll all feel a little better. And so gratitude or thanksgiving becomes a mere psychological phenomenon, really. A lot like love or justice or some other virtue. It's all just the, the product of, of human minds reorienting thoughts in order to maximize good results and minimize bad results. Good results, like even distribution of resources and, and, and tolerance. Bad results, like disparity and inequity and unbending moral standards that make us feel bad. See, when we leave it to God, or when we define gratitude as something the blessed and happy heart renders to the Almighty, we'll see what happens. Poor people remain poor, and rich people remain greedy, and everyone is left unfulfilled and condemned. No, we need to do more than thank God who sends rain here and not there. How dare he? We need to tap into and hone this sense of gratitude in ourselves and in other people. Then, then, people will be better and the problems of sin will melt away. It's madness. And this is what happens. Thankfulness becomes just another manipulated virtue along with whatever else we determine we need manufactured to make us happy. And this happens with or without the UN's stupid made-up holiday. It happens in the same place that gratitude happens. It happens in the heart where there is no gratitude to the God who graciously blesses. us. At least this is where those who do not lift their eyes to our Father in heaven will always try to find it. As though there is some hidden spring in the heart that will bring forth this virtue that will please and impress God. Or at least, at least, soothe your conscience. They try to find this golden virtue floating around in there, just waiting to be refined and tuned. This is how they will give the world what it needs so much. We're going to be reducing emotions and sentiments and virtue to mere psychological phenomena, to mere feelings that we ought to have 
and, and meditate on, it is very interesting to see how similar to each other gratitude and guilt are. Think about it. If you're Norwegian, you need not think very long. We are taught to decline anything offered that, that at least two or three times. No, I couldn't. You don't have to do that. Well, of course I don't have to do it. I want to. I know you don't deserve it, God says, but I want to give it. If I waited for you to deserve it, I'd never have offered. Take it. It's yours. Don't feel guilty like you're supposed to deserve the good things you get. Know that you don't deserve it. And instead of feeling guilty, just thank me. But people want to deserve the good they get. And in some way, one feels like he has earned some good thing if he insists that he couldn't possibly a few times first. People want to earn what they get. And this is what they mean by gratitude. They think so wrongly about gratitude. They think gratitude is that feeling of unworthiness that they express, and which, by expressing it, they somehow become worthy of it. It's the old Adam. It's how you were born thinking and meditating. It's what theologians call the opinio legis, the old legalistic way of thinking, the opinion of the law that seeks to justify yourself. Guilt becomes a sacrifice that the undeserving recipient of a gift offers to God so that he can feel like he deserves it. But God doesn't delight in such sacrifices. He delights in the sacrifice of repentance. He delights in the sacrifice of an empty hand that receives from God what we don't deserve, but that acknowledges and praises God for his great mercy and grace we thank God for Jesus' sake, who offered himself as a well-pleasing sacrifice that makes any other sacrifice smell good. This is what the Samaritan learned. No sacrifice he could bring to the priests for having been cleansed of his leprosy could suffice to express what was in his heart. And what was in his heart? It wasn't just the overwhelming sense that he didn't deserve to be cleansed. No, it was the overflowing knowledge and joy that Jesus had cleansed him. In Jesus he found his worthiness because Jesus was worthy and willing, and so it is for us. Without Jesus, the quest to find a good conscience is endless. Without Jesus, who by his obedient life in our place and by his innocent willingness to give what he has earned, to suffer even death and divine wrath against all our sins in order to freely give to us, not just this or that, that we don't deserve, but above all the good conscience and peace with God that we so dearly require. So that if we can receive his body and blood without earning it, if we can receive the right to be called children of God by his merit alone, if we can know his father's willingness and eagerness to bless us, and that he does not condemn us in his very heart, but for Jesus' sake loves us and promises everlasting life to all who believe, to all who believe that Jesus has done it, that Jesus has merited all we need for eternal peace and joy and has borne in his body and soul all we have ever deserved by our sin. If we can have never-ending bliss freely bestowed on us for Jesus' sake, God's eternal Son and our brother, then all the more 
can we receive from God without refusing and without guilt all the passing blessings of earthly life. And so thanking God with a good conscience and knowing why he gave it, only then are we equipped to use it to his glory and to the benefits and service of one another. What everyone wants is a good conscience. There are miserable people out there who have more money than you know how to count. People want to enjoy life's pleasures without feeling bad, like they don't deserve it. In a twisted irony inspired by the devil, people think they can relieve this strange feeling of unworthiness if they only sufficiently first feel guilty enough. Feel bad, refuse it, regret what, you, what good you have that you haven't deserved. Give your sacrifice and you will find that you have earned the good. This is how the world defines gratitude. Count your blessings, feel guilty for having more than others, but then proceed to enjoy it. Which, by the way, even if you stole it, that's the devil's recipe. But that's not gratitude. There's no repentance. There's no cry to God for mercy. There's no faith in the God who actually gives his own son into death and who with him freely gives us everything. No, this guilt is a sacrifice that Moses never required. Then it's a sacrifice that the Samaritan who got everything in his life returned to him could neither afford nor find any peace in offering. He returned to Jesus who healed him. He returned to Jesus for whose sake he now knew that God was gracious to him. He returned to Jesus because his heart was overwhelmed with gratitude to God. Nothing could keep him. Nothing coerced him. And nothing could keep him back. He fell on his feet and gave glory to God by worshiping Jesus. And so do we. We don't find a good conscience by being thankful, whatever that even is. There's some sort of emotional or moral response that we trick our minds into feeling. That's nothing but trying to pay for what we feel unworthy to receive. Don't try to pay. Receive freely from him who feeds the ravens when they call and who sent his son to pay your debt on the cross. No, we don't find our good conscience by paying gratitude. We are thankful and grateful because we have a good conscience. And with this good conscience, we praise and thank him who cleansed it. We are not worthy of any of the things for which we ask or get. But we pray that God would give them all to us by grace. And that grace is in Christ. It always is. He is our merit. He is our worthiness. He has borne the wrath of God. He is our atonement. We need not atone for un our unworthiness by feeling some special degree of guilt. Christ has atoned for his innocent suffering by his innocent suffering, bleeding and dying. His death is ours. What he has earned gives he gives to us, and so what we cannot earn, we enjoy with a good conscience, feasting even, knowing what feast he has first invited us to enjoy. And we owe God nothing but thanks for his mercy and kindness toward us, and we gladly pay what we owe. Because to pay this offering is nothing other than to confess Christ is our Savior, our righteousness, and our life. No one tells us to thank God except for God who demands nothing but joy in return. And he who fills our bellies and clothes us and provides everything else besides in such rich abundance not only invites us to receive it with easy hearts, but gives us the ability to do so by filling our hearts with himself.
In Jesus' name, amen. The peace of God that surpasses all understanding shall guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus unto eternal life. Amen. And take not thy 